1: Red eyes staring back at me. That they're gonna show multiple
0: gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point it kind of converge into this one entity which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old and at that point it'll wipe like religion out of the context of humanity.
1: No, way, it couldn't have been a person, I know that.
0: Welcome back everyone i am your host eric Salagi. if you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com make sure to follow us on facebook and instagram both at uncomfortablepodcast 65 and most importantly please share the show with others and make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review where you can Those are the main ways you can help in getting our show out in front of more people. And with that, more people listening means more great guests coming forward with their experiences like tonight's guest. Just a heads up to any of you who may be attending this year's Ohio Bigfoot Conference during the weekend of May 6th. Please keep an eye out for our booth as we will be there in support of the show again. Last year was an amazing event with, I believe, nearly 5,000 people flowing through that conference. Make sure to stop by. I will have raffle prizes and some merch if you'd like to pick something up. If not, just stop by and say hi. If you haven't already, make sure you pick up the link to our uncomfortable Discord server. You can find the link in the show notes below. That has been a lot of fun and something that I was not expecting. Lastly... Talks are in the works for this year's Bigfoot and Brews. It will again be held at the Sister Lakes Brewing Company in Dwajack, Michigan. Most likely September 9th as a target date. I am currently in conversations with two well-known speakers. and We are trying to get the details ironed out with them. I should know something very soon. With the success of last year's event... I would suspect that we will have some growth. Tickets for this event will go quickly. There is a hard ceiling for the number of attendees that's going to kind of make this somewhat of an exclusive event. When I officially announce that tickets are available and the site is up to accept your orders, I would suggest that you do not hesitate because I have a feeling these tickets will go fast. Sponsor positions are welcome. If you sponsored last year's event and would like to do so again, or if you are someone new who is interested in help sponsoring this event, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com and I will give you all of the information you need. Your support is very much appreciated. Lastly, you've heard me mention this in earlier episodes. I've alluded to it. The uncomfortable Patreon is nearly ready. I'm hoping to have it rolled out within the next three to four weeks. Many of you have asked how to help support the show, And Patreon looks to be the best way that I can provide you with a way to do that. It will also be the only place that you can find uncomfortable afterthoughts. That will be a Patreon exclusive. I'm looking forward to announcing the launch and hope that each of you will at least take a look at what's available there and decide if that's something you would like to do. Now, on to tonight's guest. He is an American Bigfoot researcher, filmmaker, and television personality. He's best known for his appearance on Animal Planet's Finding Bigfoot, where he served as a field researcher and fellow investigator. He began researching and investigating Bigfoot sightings in his local area and eventually expanded his efforts into other parts of the country. In 2012, he produced and directed a documentary film, The Skunk Ape Lives, which focuses on Bigfoot sightings in the Florida area and more recently with the skunk ape experiments. While my guest's work has been criticized by some in the scientific community for its lack of rigor and reliance on anecdotal evidence, his Bigfoot thermal image is a piece of evidence in the ongoing debate about the existence of Bigfoot. The image was captured in 2012, during a Bigfoot investigation in Florida with his father, and it shows a very large bipedal figure with a heat signature that would suggest that it is a living creature. His claim that the figure in the image is a Bigfoot and that he has presented it as evidence of the creature's existence. The image, as you would suspect, has been subject to debate and analysis within the bigfoot research community skeptics have suggested that the figure in the image could be a person in a costume or some other animal while others have argued that the image is inconclusive and does not provide a definitive proof regardless of your stance on that imagery one must admire and commend him on the innovative ways in which he conducts his investigations he is not satisfied with the status quo rather than repeating decades of methodology using tree knocks, call blasts, and whoops. His forward thinking has led him to the use of equipment that would probably be more at home in a paranormal investigation. With that, let's get into it. if you will please give a warm uncomfortable welcome to mr stacy brown jr stacy welcome to uncomfortable how you doing man doing well thank you so much for uh for agreeing to be on the show it's a it's a pleasure um i have been aware of your presence in the in the realm of bigfootery for probably 10 maybe 12 years somewhere around there the name is recognizable um as well as you know your father and uh and the thermal recording that you guys had um what was that probably 2012? 2012 2012 oh i got it right boom yeah okay um yeah my show tackles all paranormal and for many years of my life i've always thought of uh all these things that i talk about and have conversations with other people about um, being very separate um, occurrences very separate entities from each other but the more that i've gotten into it and in the years that have gone by i'm starting to Think that these things are more connected than what many people think, and that is what has attracted me to you um, most recently in the past couple of years. As your your investigation of the skunk ape, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call it, um, you you have added to the repertoire of uh, tools many things that have typically only been used in paranormal research
1: yeah yeah so i don't see the reason like when you look at it we haven't learned anything else about bigfoot in general since the Patty film like meldrum's figure the things out about the tracks he thinks you know Mm uh I mean, no disrespect to him, but that's really all we got, right? And so why is that? Why do we continue to do the same things?
0: Exactly. You got a bunch of people going out there doing the same things over and over year after year, and they're not expanding our knowledge base with those techniques.
1: No. Well, you know, it's just spinning tires in the mud. So, when I got into Bigfooting, when I had my first encounter, I thought it was a primate, could be nothing more. I'm going to have this done in like six months. I was under the impression that it was going to be that easy, you know. Um, and it's not, but... When I looked at the Bigfoot community, like forums and websites, it's really toxic. (laughs) You know, people are fighting and all this stuff. And so you got to figure, I'm on the outside of Bigfooting, right? I don't really know a lot. Um, And so I'm an outsider looking at all this madness. And I'm like, this is why nobody's discovered Bigfoot. It's a bunch of. Looney Tunes, you know, who are into this, and that's unfortunate. I was like, but cool, I'm not that Looney Tune. Um, I know my way around the woods and stuff. I'll start looking for Bigfoot. This is this should be fairly easy. I'm just hunting an animal, right? And I know it's here. I saw it. So I'm just hunting an animal. I just got to find him. It's going to be quick. And then that goes on for years. You know, uh, I think, hey, they're just really smart. I'm still gonna get this done, and then the lights start happening. And I saw the lights for probably a few years before I even was really, like, yo, dude, those are the Bigfoot, or those are, those are one and the same thing, you know, whatever they are, right? <laughs> and then I met this guy named Bill Brock. In uh, 2014, we became buddies. He lived in Maine, but so in like 2019, he invited me up to uh, Bridgewater Triangle. Um, and along the way, I ended up at the Conjuring House. Yeah. Right. And then at the Lizzie Borden House for a while. And so I'm now with all these other paranormal investigators who know what they're doing. These are like, you know, some, some, uh, like one of the guys was there at the original, like seance they did. He was the original investigator of the conjuring house. So like I was getting schooled from these people and then I start just like, Oh, they do that. They tap. That's the same thing they're doing as the wood knocks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and like, just these, all these weird sounds, all these things going on. It was very much, um, you know, a lot of similarities. And so that led me to believe that, hey, maybe these things are actually, you know, connected and together.
0: Well, I think, you know, and like yourself, um, I went through the, it, it's got to be an animal. It's got to be a primate. It's got to be some kind of large undiscovered gorilla that, you know, I think, I think first as a, as a young kid, um, it was a monster. Right. Uh, but I believed that it was real. Uh, right. and then once I, you know, started getting some, uh, some background to, uh, you know, relevance of, you know, monsters, well, they tell us monsters aren't real, but I kind of beg to differ with that uh, at this point in my life. Um, but then, you know, you start getting a better realization of, of what you're dealing with. And, you know, so many people talk about the the animal aspect of these things, but in so many of the reports and the eyewitness accounts, so many of the... The interactions people report something that is much more in lines with being much closer to us as a people than to being just an outright animal. Now, maybe that's because they they portray they come off as being very intelligent, which I think we'll all agree that they they are. Um, it's it's just a it's a strange thing to wrap your head around after having these things being segmented from all the other strangeness in the world, uh, you know, ghosts and hauntings and, and, and stuff like that to, to come to the realization that it's more likely that these things are all in some way interconnected. And I don't, I don't know from my own personal standpoint, I don't know if that is something that stems from a spiritual, um, a spiritual place or, you know, I, I hate saying it out loud because it sounds so damn crazy, but you know, I don't really know any other way to put it, but you know, like a, an alternate, uh, an alternate reality or a, a different dimension. You know, they talk about the veil you even brought up in, in one of your latest efforts, uh, the thinning of the veil. And I, I personally know, um, several light workers and and psychics who have been talking about the veil being very thin and if not um torn for some time now um so is right. is that why we're is that why we're able to witness this stuff you know i mean they're all questions i don't know that any of us can really answer i thought it was really interesting i, I saw in one of your previous uh interviews or it might have been on a, a news segment or one of the shows you appeared on, which you have a pretty extensive uh, background as far as being uh, a personality in uh, films, television shows, um, stuff like that. Um, you know talking about the veil the veil isn't something that very often comes up in the discri- in the discussion of Bigfoot. But it, sh- it sure seems like it's
1: appropriate now. Yeah, I think it's always been appropriate, right? And I think that's been our downfall. The, the, the majority of the efforts going into Bigfoot research are not even given this. And, you know, it's not even an option on the table. And that's very sad because, like, you'll hear people say, well, it's just not how. It's just not scientific. It's like, how is it not scientific? You know what that means? Like, science is just discovering stuff that we didn't really know was there, right? Figuring out things that we didn't know before. So, like, if you'd have pulled a cell phone out a hundred years ago, we'd have burned at the stake for it. Right. <laughs> it would have yeah. witchcraft. We had a flashlight on our phone. You can record moments. <laughs> yeah. On you know and play them back. Like what? You can't, it shouldn't be like that. And if you're, that's the problem with the scientists in the Bigfoot research. That's why we need a body, right? Because they just won't open their mind to even the fact that Bigfoot exists. It's quite funny that you have, the scientists won't give it a time of day because they think it's nonsense. And then the Bigfoot researchers who won't give this other aspect to a lot of things, like, a lot of reports talk about lights mm-hmm. and their their cameras and stuff going dead, feeling nauseous, and all these things, the sulfuric smell, this terrible smell. You know, this is all paranormal stuff. Yeah. Like, every single bit of it, dude. And, and they turn their noses to it. They're like, oh, well, that just can't be possible. There can't be portal. What are you talking about, dude? Uh, who says there can't, you know, the real scientists are actually working with, you know, on portals and stuff now. <laughs> so like, what, what actually, why, why can't you give this another chance? You know, if you're going into a, a damn detective, uh, an investigation, if you're a detective going in, you can't take any of the cards off the table. Right. Everybody's a suspect. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how it has to stay. Because if you go in there thinking, "Oh, it can't be this person," because he's, you know, only got one arm, you know, and this person was choked to death with two arms. So, like, we can't him, you know, or whatever. So, it's it's sad. It's uh, it's hilarious, you know, when you think about it, when, because uh, the people that are putting in the research. They just keep banging their head, banging their head, getting yeah. the same results. And then they ridicule you. That's the best part. That's the best part. If you start talking about this other stuff, because uh, like I was on a certain podcast not long ago, and the guy's just like, this is all circus stuff. Yeah, this is all just, what are you doing here? You're in a haunted house trying to thin a veil to hope to see Sasquatch? Like, yeah, I am. I'm trying to think about it the way the natives thought about it. Exactly. That's yeah. You know, maybe we can get up to where we can get a message for these things. I was waiting for you to bring up you know? the the, and, uh, the Native American fine. aspects of it. Yeah. Well, you know, they lived alongside these creatures for hundreds of years, forever. Yeah. Forever. They all got stories about them, and that's the problem with uh, you know New World. We, we cast the things from the old world away. Like magic is silly. It doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the Indian stories of native stories, they're trash. They're just natives. They're silly. I yeah. they think the bald Eagle spiritual, you know what I mean? That's how they look at stuff and that's very narrow minded and nothing will ever get done.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really a shame. You know, I had a, I had a conversation. And I'm interested if you've if you've done the same. Um, I had a conversation with a a very recognizable name in uh, in in the science, more scientific side of of bigfootery, um, and I asked him, you know, why do you cast it all out with the bathwater? You know, there's in one argument you make that you know there's. Too many people report it. Too many people said they've seen it. Too many people have reported. Um, So you have to lend some credence to they can't all be lying. But then when you have a bunch of people that are talking about these weird peripheral things that happen uh, in association with seeing or being around them, you're you're perfectly willing to throw that out with the water. And he literally said to me, I get it. It is a thing, but if you ever tell anybody I said that, I will call you a liar till the day you die. Because I can't lean against science, you know. And I guess I and that's that's the preposterous part, dude. Yeah, I mean, I guess I get it from the standpoint of somebody who is relying on this to be a part of their living to stay relevant with right um with tv shows or conferences or stuff like that but when you tell me that then you're you're also telling me that you are in no way shape or form um helping to to move forward the the ideas behind what these things are and what can they, what can they do and where do they come from and why are they here? And you know, how long have they been here? You're, you're just, you're doing all you're doing is relying on the things that you've been able to show that you can do. And that's
1: it. That in to me, that's not even right. I think they get the, it's the like a safe space. Part. No, it's not. It is. That's exactly what it is. And like, it's foolish that they, they think, oh, well, it's flesh and blood because it leaves tracks. <laughs> That's uh, what I asked them. I was like, you realize ghosts will leave tracks too, right? Like, tricks uh, and tracks. And they're just mind blown because I haven't really gotten into this the field. I haven't really studied these other things. Uh, so that's that's really um, it's kind of like banging your head into the wall when you're talking to them because they want to listen. But that's cool, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, I could be the front runner in it. I could. <laughs> I don't mind that. I wish more people would do it, and I think I think some people do. I think they're just afraid to talk about it at the end of the day because of the further ridicule. It's like telling people you believe in Bigfoot tall order. Right. And then some of these people put in a lot of research and they've never even seen Bigfoot. It doesn't make no sense to me. Right. Um, But, yeah, you know, you can't uh, continue to just be so close-minded, but, hey, whatever. Well,
0: you know, one of the things that have have become kind of central to my thinking on these are um, frequency and vibration. And what really got me starting to think about that was uh, early on in my show, uh, fifth episode, I did, a, I did an episode where I interviewed a woman at her home and during the course of the interview, which she said she had um, Bigfoot on her property near and near and around her home, we started talking about that, that creature. And I was hit with a, um, I was hit with a very, what I thought was a very loud sound. It was a very loud yell, roar, whoop. Uh, I I can't really explain it other than it was very jarring. It was very bombastic. I ripped my headphones off because it was so loud. Um, But my body reacted by getting goosebumps all over it. And um, it was kind of coming in a wave where it got really hard, and then it kind of backed off a little bit, and then it came back, and then it wasn't quite as... uh, it wasn't quite as strong and then it came back again and it wasn't quite as strong and it took me it took me a few days to to really actually wrap my head around what was going on and and at the end of it i was faced with one i believe that was infrasound two i think it was because my recording equipment did not pick up the sound that i heard what it picked up in the background was a very slight whoo from outside. And so that led me to believe that, you know, there's right. something to do with uh, a vibration, frequency, electromagnetic impulse, something that is not natural to to what many of our, uh, animals can do. You know, I mean, we have animals on the, on the planet that are known to produce infrasound. Um, it's a naturally occurring thing. Um, to my knowledge, there is no humans that can produce infrasound. Maybe there might be a couple of, uh, death metal singers that can, can get their voices to grumble, uh, below right. that, below that level. But, um, you know, so I start thinking about this, the frequency and the vibration, and, you know, our our eyes can only see uh, within a certain spectrum, and our hearing is only within a certain range of frequency. And what really nailed it for me was talking to a person who had an experience uh, with her child uh, out hunting, and when they realized that they were in um, in and around what they believed was one of these creatures. Um, they hightailed it out of there and it was a piece of property that they were very, very used to hunting. Um, but the report is that when they looked back at the area that they had come from, which they were very familiar with, that area did not look right. It did not look like it was supposed to look. It did not look like what it looked like when they came in. And I thought that was I thought that was a very strange statement. But what if these things can produce frequencies? What if these things have uh, control over frequencies and vibrations? You know, like people talk about these things disappearing or cloaking, right? What if they're not really doing that? What if they're actually creating frequencies that are jumbling up our vision and not allowing us to see them? You know, what if what if what they're able to produce actually jumbles up our vision to the point where we're not recognizing things and that's why we think we
1: don't see them? Right. Uh could also be, well, the photos are all blurry, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, unless Bigfoot's blurry himself, but <laughs> when you, when you think about it, I guess if it was a primate, the scientific thing would be to think that maybe it can blend somehow. Like maybe it can shift its hairs to like the color it's around. If it's a natural animal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like, M- mammals that do that uh, no primates that do anything like that. Right.
0: You have something and similar. And if, in-
1: if it's something else, then everything, you know, everything would be on the table.
0: Sure. You know, we have something that's very, can do similar things, you know, like octopus can change, but they have, you know, basically have cells in their body that are able to change colors. So it's not, it's not like a, a hair-covered um, hair animal that can shift. It's everything, you know, like um, what are they, the little chameleons and stuff. You know, they, they can shift their colors, but that's their skin color that's right. doing that. Um, you're, we're talking about something that is hair-covered, you know, and, and that kind of makes it a little harder to, yeah. to wrap your head around
1: right because you do have a growing amount of people who talk about this behavior and you can't just write it off you know uh so you have to look at that maybe there's something to it or uh, if you talk to a lot of psychics they'll talk about like the um what do they call the elementals Mm -hmm. right it's like the fey people and you'll have different things like that and they talk very much about that uh, coming off on different frequencies and allowing you to see them, you know what I mean, and then just going back because they're always around when you get into certain areas. Um, uh, I went on a like a road trip with a few people who, you know, could see these things and stuff like that, and we got to do you know big in that and we went to a couple of graveyards and a haunted house too and you know, which it weirded me out about them right you see these pictures of these things like people are t- just go in the woods and just take pictures and then they'll see these faces in them yeah but I'd never been with somebody who could see the face first oh they look right at it and point at it and be like, it's right there. I'm looking right at it. And they'll take the picture on their phone. And then, because you can't see it, but then they, there it is, you know? So, and they, they, they say like that, that they're on a higher frequency than I am. Yeah. And that's why they're able to get these messages and see these cryptids and elementals and demons and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, when you get into the right hole, bro, about it, uh, you just have to go for it. So like psychedelics, some way to open, that's where, that's where I'm at now. Like some way to open your mind to something else than communicating with these things, uh, where we're at right now, you know, though we've, we've done psychedelics, mirror gazing, trying to communicate, get a message from these things on the property, maybe show themselves to me in that. If I can be on a certain frequency, right? Like can I get to that frequency where they're at? And then I get a message Uh, then make contact like that.
0: Now you, you bring and that up. You bring we that also
1: up. are.
0: I'm sorry. You bring that up and, and that's kind of the cliffhanger that you left me with at the end of, um, your most recent, the skunk ape experiment. So I guess my question for you is, yeah. I assume there's going to be a part two. And I really, yeah. <laughs> I'm really hoping that you can share with me and my audience the result of that, you know, you, cause you had RPG, Uh, Another well-known, recognizable name in in paranormal research. And uh, you guys are a part of, what, Outcast Paranormal. Um, But he took took a microdose of psilocybin and then basically sat in front of a mirror and was scrying after you had recited a very passionate rendition of uh, Crowley's Hymn to Pan. Um, I, I'm telling you dude I, I gotta know <laughs> I gotta know what happened
1: so the second one is about to drop Um, wonderful and yeah the second one's about to drop the third one will follow that shortly a few months because I gotta stagger in my next three films that are all done To staggered them out but the the slunky- uh, experiments too will be out like it's the distributors got it. I'm just waiting it on, you know, Amazon to give it a, you know, to this yeah. because the Amazon doesn't tell you when your film's coming out. You can't request a date. Oh. You can put a date. Good luck. Yeah. Don't tell people that's the date. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> you so know, you find out when uh, everybody does, but anyways, yeah. So, Okay, I'm going to tell you some, but I can't give it away all because uh, you popped out in a second. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But okay, so set the scene for those who haven't seen it. We're at this place called Crowley Nature Museum. Um, Crowley Nature Center and Museum, or something like that. Anyways, they've had Bigfoot on the property. Tons of sightings. I took Finding Bigfoot there one episode. When they came down to Florida, I think the second time, or the third time, I took them out to uh, to, to this place. Um, and so they also have a haunted house on the property from the 1800s. And... So I was like, hey, we'll go in here and do some rituals. And we got some new tech we're running, too, because we have we have one witness we spoke to who is in the second movie, and he talks about his thing was in his head. like almost sounded like some kind of machine, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we hooked up with a, a guy in the U.K. named Patrick Jackson. He believes that there are all these like projections from this A.I., so we, we were running that machine, too. But I did the hem to pan uh, which I put I put a lot. I just went for it, bro. You did. And, Indeed you and did. <laughs> he's mirror-gazing. He, he's up there mirror-gazing. And so immediately after I'm done, we fire up the spirit box. And the answers we're getting out of that, they tell us to go talk to him says RPG out of the spirit box. Really? So we go up there and stop him and then he has a message for us. He he had a vision, right? Uh and then we after his vision, his vision's basically telling us we're we're watching you. We see you, right? What he took from that. Yeah, how do I ruin it? So you know that cave painting that's got the the bleeding eyes? Yes. The Sasquatch with the bleeding eyes? Yeah. The cave painting? The iconic one, He sees that. Yeah, he sees that. And he's got some other images. He describes... Uh, but he's basically seeing these skunk apes with their eyes just bleeding, and and, you know, and they're telling him this message. And so uh, after that, we, we have the experiment come in because we're still hyping up the house. The, the goal of thinning the veil was to do all this stuff in one night, one shebang, and see how active, how much energy we can draw up in this thing. Sure, um, and and maybe that uh, maybe that will attract the skunk apes come up because we have people outside thermals and stuff waiting, you know, checking the wood line and shit like that. So, um, we fire Patrick Jackson's machine up. It runs for a while, and I promise you, what happens is worth the cliffhanger that you got in the last one. I, I promise you wow! like you can't make this shit up because yeah. if you, you think about it, the once, once we were getting ready to do everything, the goats come up in the house and then they met and sat right up under my feet. When I was doing that head to pan, there were like 20 goats underneath my feet, which was weird because they broke out of their pen. The owner's like, they never do this, but they wasn't coming out. And right as that was going on, the cattle break out of their pen. And we're talking about like, I don't know, dude, it was a lot. There is cattle circling the house, circling the house. Like everybody has to get in the damn house, right? It's crazy. And then, and then old Eric breaks them up, gets them back in the pen. The goats are now in the house. We start doing this stuff. And, uh, the spirit box session, like you see the guy in the first one was talking about, he was cursed by him. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about him as right? well. Right. he cause... had the, the horrible face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I get his name out of the spirit box in the second one. Really crazy.
0: Yep. It, it's odd, dude. So what it, it, talking about that gentleman, the, the poor guy, the, with the disfigured face, um, what is, what is the diagnosis of what he's afflicted with? I mean, were those scars and everything was was that like, uh, some sort of a, yeah.
1: So yeah, yeah. So he had a skin cancer, um, and, uh, he's since passed away, uh, how however it just like got up on him and then when he had the radiation over his eye, because it was on his nose it started out it's like he just had a band-aid over it when it started out and it like moved rapidly and then all of a sudden he was he was on death's door in 2014. 2015, this man was about to die then. This dude used to be a big old dude. Like, I, when I first met him in 2013, he's a big old boy. Really? And when you see him, he's, he's yeah. And then so once he gets the cancer, he, he almost dies. Like, they gave him uh, six months to live. Hospice came in. And then they ended up leaving. So he just didn't pass away. And it went on. Uh, and then it steadily got worse. His eye, like, he was blind in his eyes, so his eye closed, and then he, like, lost 80% of the vision in his other eye, and then he was deaf in one side of his head, so it was it's pretty rough there, but he takes, he, he thought all, even though it was cancer, he believed it was something to do with the, the things he was seeing. He thought it was a curse, and that was his truth, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's sad. He was a he was a good friend of mine, because uh, we became close. Um, he taught me a lot about the swamp. Uh just valuable information that getting from an old timer. And that's the thing. He wasn't that old. He's only in his fifties. Oh God! Dude looks like he was in his seventies. Yeah, yes, I, I
0: never would have guessed he was that
1: young. Wow. He was like 54 or something. Yeah. And then so he uh he just got too rough off there at the end, but he would call me and then he would write stuff down in his journal, the things that were happening and they were they were of the things that the natives talked about. They were very spiritual yeah. uh and he had a gifting process with him, you know? Uh, he's seen him too many times, he thinks. and then he started seeing the lights. It was weird when he started seeing the lights was when I started seeing the lights. Really? It was simultaneously. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if it was like when you talk about thinning the veil, is the veil getting thinner for some reason? We know that the I guess the core is slowing down. You know, the, the poles, uh, looks like they might shift. Yeah. There's, there's some things that we're overdue for on this planet. And I'm wondering if it, it's not a, a thinning of the veil everywhere, you know, between our worlds, you know. Well, I can tell you this. We'll see, I guess. But,
0: I, I can tell you this from, from some, uh, very close friends of mine who are, psychic and um i guess you would uh categorize them as uh white witches um light workers you know uh everybody um doing good not not uh not trying to affect anything uh badly they're all saying that this thinning of the veil has been happening for some time and at certain points during the year it typically closes and it's not closing in fact it's getting thinner and some refer to it as even a slash or a a gash um in that veil where where it's wide open to some extent um You know, these these things, when you when you say them out loud, you know, it it makes you sound like you're you're crazy. But um, I have to say that from from the standpoint of somebody who has been really very interested in this kind of stuff for the majority of my life, you know, I'm 57 now um, creeping up here pretty quickly on 58. Um, These things have been a part of my life since I was around five years old and never really has left me, you know, the interest in it all has, has remained. I'm sure my ex-wife probably got tired of hearing me talk about it and watching as many documentaries and shows as I could about it. And, you know, I'm sure my kids are probably tired of hearing me talk about it. Um, But when I decided to actually really put myself in the seat of doing a podcast where I'm talking to people, who are experiencing these things, and some people who actually believe that they have some, uh, some relative answers to why some of this stuff is happening, or, or maybe not answers, but uh, better insight because of their gifts into the things that are happening. I do have to say that even though I am not a boots on the ground investigator, Uh, for Bigfoot, I am, I have gone on, uh, some, some haunted locations investigating. Um, I've delved into that a little bit. It's not something to do on a regular basis. Um, but I have noticed that myself, I have begun experiencing more weirdness And I don't know if that's because of by association with the, the people that I'm talking to the, is it, a is it an association with these topics that I've, I've been into it long enough where it's starting to, um, have an effect on me? Is it, is it my brain just, uh, taking these things and saying, you know, now you're reading too much into it and, and you're getting, you're freaking yourself out. Um, but I'm getting stories from a lot of people about a lot of weirdness more so than, than has been in the past, you know, and I guess, you know, uh, I guess a point to you is with, with your experience with the paranormal and, and kind of bringing that type of investigative um, knowledge into what you do with Bigfoot and, um, are are you experience when you're when you're out there and you're you're in the hunt for these things when you're in the search for them are you experience, do you find yourself experiencing more of the weird stuff than than you had in the past does, does there seem to be an uptick for you and and the people you investigate with
1: yeah so it's okay what i what i bounce it down to is the location the locations seem to be getting more and more active, right? And it depends on whatever location I'm at. But the location I go to the most, the Bigfoot stuff, it's way – okay, so I'm going to tell you a story. I, the, there is a guy that you – his name is Chris Price. Contact him. Ask him what happened. So, this man pays me to take him out into the woods, right? He He's like, Hey, bud, I want a few days of your time. You know, will you take me out? Show me the ropes, show me everything. I'm like, Sure, right? So, I take him out and he, we Bigfoot all weekend, right? We're Bigfooting when, when I do these things. If people know who I am, and I think he did already, uh, they know I'm kind of into that other stuff. But for the most part, people just want to do the normal Bigfooting thing, right? They don't, they haven't listened to you talk on podcasts and stuff, so they may just think you're I'm a regular Bigfooter uh, or into the ape camp, I guess. But anyways, he goes, hey, I want to see the lights. They've been talking about the spot that we got that I see these lights at. And... We went, and I said, hey, I'll, I'm going to go. I'll I'll try to show you, but I can't promise anything, right? He's like, I don't care, dude. I just want to experience them. And so we go, and we get to the spot, and I start talking to the woods, setting the intention, you know, what I want to have, speaking it into existence, mm-hmm. right, which is probably a lot of your thing would you – you're you're noticing things just getting weird more lately. You're sitting here talking about this stuff all the time. Yeah, right. You're speaking this into existence, right? But so that's what I'm doing. And it wasn't 15 minutes later. There were like 50 lights around us, and when I say 50, I mean 50. Like there may have, it may have been more, right? They were like little pin lights. Right. And they're just flying around like in these lights all around. Right. And they're, they're like flying into my mirror on my car and just they don't come out the other side. You know what I mean? they just like flying onto us. And then he got like pushed. And then I looked up one time. I thought he was standing right here in front of me. So I was I immediately do the spirit box. Right. So like the lights are here. So now I'm going to try to talk to whatever this is and, and I'm trying to speak through the spirit box. And then I think he's standing right here in front of me, right? Like leaned over. And then I look over here and he's over here. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know what I mean? Like, what was that? Yeah. Who was this? <laughs> because I seen somebody out of my peripheral standing there. Yeah. I just thought it was him. And, uh, it was one of the wildest things, one of the wildest things. And he's went back since and, uh, tried to see him again, but he hasn't, um, small town monsters, this like independent film company. Yeah, They came down and they're making, they, I took him out on a, on a film. Uh, it's one of the Florida Bigfoot on the trail sure. episodes. Yeah on youtube and i took them to this spot we started hearing knocks right and they have been asking me you know why do you believe in the lights why do you think it's connected yada yada and i'm like because i'll have both of them happen at once like there'll be big activity and then i'll see lights or vice versa right and so we're walking back to the truck everybody's putting their stuff up and then you just hear James and Tate like, Oh my God, did you see that? Did you see that? They weren't rolling cameras, but they were still rolling audio. Big blue ball of light just zigzags through trees and flies off. And I'm like, and that right there, gentlemen is why I believe the way I do. You can't have these things happen all the time and not think there's a correlation. Like you you know, if you're if you're saying there's no correlation in this thing that repeatedly happens, that's your personal bias, and you know it. Right. Yeah. I don't care. You know, if you 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 know a tiger can say he's a lion all day he wants to, and he's still a tiger. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't. You have to look at it the way it is. And so, it, it's just amazing the, the the stuff that's happening now versus that was happening in 2013 because had I heard myself talk like this right now in 2013, I'd be like, what did I do to lose my mind? Yeah. Where, what, what happened to you, bud? You uh, know, uh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm still doing it. I'm still looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still looking at it. Like it's an ape too. You know, I'm not closing that book, but damn dude. <laughs> like, so now the, the latest thing we're doing it's uh, the gateway process, right? Uh, I'm sure you've heard of it, right? Mm, yeah. The Monroe Institute, all that. So the old the old gateway project like the CIA did. The Nazis are doing it. Sure. Apparently like Sumerians do it. And I read something about that yesterday. But we, we starting to do that to try and see if we can, manifest this to happen you know what i mean like do that in the woods see if we can make contact with any spirits like maybe these things are spiritual how are they controlling these lights like what's going on so it's like i mean we're all options on the table we do all kinds of different experiments see if we can make some kind of contact yeah
0: so yeah You know, the conversation with you is wildly different than the majority of the conversations I have about people with, uh, experiencing Bigfoot, because I think, uh, the majority of the people that I talk to are afraid to talk about the things that you're not afraid to talk about. Um, and, and kudos to you for that. Um, what is what is the most compelling evidence of these creatures for you? You know, a lot of people will say, well, it was a Patterson Gimlin film. It's, you know, the tracks. What's what's the most compelling piece of of evidence that maybe it's only something that you've come across but that has firmly put you in the in the seat of these things? definitely exist or do you or do you oh, possibly so, even still question whether they
1: do <laughs> no i've seen them i've had to, i've had two sides i know they're real but if i was the general public all right, so when i went into this thing i'm not like cliff or dr meldrum who's doing all this research because they have never seen one i don't understand that but whatever um like because this is a We're pissing money away, bro. We ain't we ain't making money. Um It's like a boat you're just throwing money away. Uh just throwing a hole in the water you put money in. And I guess if I was the general public, there's a video. It was shot in Idaho, I think. And there's these kids, and their dad, and they're out plinking. They're out shooting guns, yeah. right? He's got a rifle. They're out somewhere. He's teaching his kids to shoot. This helicopter comes over, right? And in the distance, on the ridge, yep. there is this Sasquatch running from rock to rock, and the way you see it run. And that helicopter is obviously on it. Like knows it's there. It's there after you see both of them, and that to me, if that was going to be a hoax. It wasn't like publicized well. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, usually these hoaxes are like grandioso you know, everywhere. Yeah, this one wasn't this was that most people haven't seen this video, but this video is of an actual Sasquatch. And that is the only one besides my father's figure or, uh, film that I, I have faith in. The only reason I have faith in my father's films because I was there for it. Right. Right. So that doesn't count. But the other ones, that's the only one I believe is like a hundred percent legit. I don't buy the Patterson Gimlin film. No, I don't think that's a Bigfoot. Really? No, I think that's a suit. I think that was all a hoax. Yeah. Sure do. There's too many red flags. So that's another thing with the Bigfoot community. These people overlook certain things to fit their narrative. That is, you're like the flat earth people. Mm. Like me? (laughs) Earth may be flat. Hell, I don't know. I ain't been to space and seen it myself. I can't tell you 100% that the earth is round. I don't know. Like, honestly, I know what people have told me. Yeah. But I haven't seen it myself. I've seen a Bigfoot, right? So I believe in that. But, like, the, the flat earthers also, they don't look at some things, right. but their narrative, and it's very much just like Bigfoot community. I don't, and uh, you just can't do that. You know, you have to add all these other things in, because when you look at the Patterson film, you look at the fact that he drew that creature in that same pose like two years before and put it on the cover of a book Mm -hmm. he sold 50% of that film to 10 different people he wrote a bad check for the camera yeah (laughs) right like when are we going to start thinking something's in the water here how much more do we need there's a ton more If you look at the the film itself, watch not just the Patterson film, watch the whole documentary. Because, by the way, he was going out there to make a film. Right. It just so happened to film Bigfoot. First time, Bigfoot walking in the damn open. Broad daylight. (laughs) First time, broad daylight. Like, this doesn't happen. But, okay, we'll forget that. We'll forget that. Hell, maybe it does. Right? So, (laughs) I have an interview with Bob from 2010, and he says, he says, I don't work the camera. I never work the camera. I don't know nothing about it. That's Roger's thing. Okay, the scene literally before Patty is a, a shot of Roger coming around on the horses. There's no Bob to be seen anywhere who was filming him, <laughs> right? And the camera is on Roger and it makes this very nice hand to the trees. Whoever shot that knew how to work a camera. Okay. But Hey, maybe, maybe Bob, he's getting old. Maybe just, maybe he's just forgetful. Right. That's what they say. I've met Bob Gimlin, it's hard to believe this man's a liar. However, he sold his rights to the film. Let me just let's do a back and forth real quick. Okay, me and you just filmed the Bigfoot. You know it's 100% real. I know it's 100% real. This is 1966. This is the only evidence of Bigfoot on film. And you got a good one, but You got a great one. Yeah. You know it's real. I know it's real. Okay, what can I do to you? What do I have to do to make you sell that footage for what's worth a hundred dollars today?
0: Not a goddamn thing. You and I are attached to the hip,
1: buddy. We're (laughs) I ain't selling. Even if you hate my guts, even if you hate my guts, if I did the worst possible thing to you, are you going to turn loose that money? We are still attached. Because, hey, 50% of this is yours, bud. Yeah. 50% is yours. I can't can't get my 50% without ever having to talk to you again, without ever having to walk out of my house and show my face. I will always have 50% of that. And you know what that film license is for? It's $20,000 right now. Is it? Per usage. Yep. And they've been leasing it out ever since. He wanted to leave his wife something. Damn it, he did it. Bob's a straight up guy. And Bob, I don't think, would be a part of it. But I think Bob found out. And I think Bob was done with it. And and was so pissed off and sold his part of it. Hmm. And then I don't know why all of a sudden he's doing this. you know. Uh, but then you also look at Bob Heronimus. If you watch Bob Heronimus walk, when he walks, he kicks his toe out. That's his stride. His right foot always kicks out to the side every time. It's, it's a very unique walk. The only people on this planet that have that walk are Bob Heronimus and Patty. All <laughs> two things on the planet. And I find that a hell of a coincidence, you know, so I'm not sold on that. I know Bigfoot's real. Like I said, I've seen it, but that piece of footage is not. And I've, I had Bill Munns, I interviewed Bill Munns one time and, uh, you know, he was telling me all this stuff about Patty and how we're not seeing the actual footage. We're seeing like a copy of a copy of a copy, copy, you know, like 25th oh, generation. It, yeah. That's all it's on the internet. Yeah. It was like. You know, but he's seen the actual footage or the copy of the footage. He's got like the second generation, I guess. And he believes it to be real. And that's fine, dude. You can believe it to be real all you want. I don't think there's enough data there. The fact that nobody's ever really recreated it is bothersome. Yeah. Nobody's even tried. Like yeah, you had a BBC show. But their creature costume was one that they rented from another production company that was making a monster movie, and that was their creature. So they just rented that suit for the damn TV show so they didn't have to spend a bunch of money and have somebody yeah. make them a suit. Yeah. And I, it doesn't look anything <clears throat> like it because it's not supposed to. But Bigfoot community doesn't want to look at all those things I just said. And, hey, I've got others. I've got, like, a list of, like, 20 bullet points on why this is a fake. Interesting. You know, none of it adds up. But, hey, I'm also in the dark on that one, too. Most people think I'm (laughs) blasphemous.
0: Well, I, you know, I mean, I guess technically, yeah, probably when people hear this, they're going to be like, what? Um you know, for myself, there was always something very organic about the Patterson-Gimlin film to me. I, I agree with you that what are the odds in broad daylight with nothing between it and the camera, you know, that one in a billion lifetime chance of, of catching something like that. I, I agree with that. Um, I think the most recent version of that film, uh Bob Hieronymus, um Jeff Meldrum, and I forget the the other guy's name, um, I, I think it aired on the proof is out there um, that this other this third third guy had taken twenty five or twenty six different versions of the film, all in different varying degrees of degradation had run it through some sort of a AI where it replaced uh, certain things that were missing. It clarified things, and and it stabilized it even more than we've ever seen before. And watching that, that was the first time that I ever noticed that her foot, her toes lifted up as she was going to step. And I thought that, to me, that was very... um, if that was a costume you wouldn't see that um, you know and and i think you know personally and not to start a disagreement or anything you know i i think i think it's i think it's real but the arguments you make about the backstory of all the shit that went on behind that that really does put a, a dark mark against The possibility of it being real um there's a lot of shady shit that went on
1: right like i mean exactly i would love to sit here and be like yeah that film's real man or or, or just to be able to think that because i used to and i started finding out all this stuff and i i felt demoralized you know because just like you never hear these parts why don't we ever hear these parts right You know, uh, and hell, like I said, it may be real, but some of the stuff like the drawing the Bigfoot with the breast two years in the same pose that you get the other one, you know, in, uh, I gotta
0: say, I've never heard it was out there
1: and, and I just, I just want to see if it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. The book is called like the abominable snowman of North America. I had never heard or about something in the pictures in there. I had never heard about that.
0: Uh-huh. It's amazing how you can you can be so yeah, into yeah. something and then find something out new that many years later. What was your what was your drop right. what's your drop dead holy shit moment? That that moment where you were like, oh shit. There this is this is real. Was it, was it the, the thermal image you got with your dad? What, what was that moment? No,
1: uh, it was, it was our first in, My first encounter, um, we were just, we went camping at this lady. She said she had Bigfoot on the property, right? She was on finding Bigfoot. They had a big greasy handprint on the inside mm-hmm. of the door. Yeah. And so we go and and stay out there. And she uh, like takes us all around the property, and she's like, "This happened there. Old dude seen one here. You know, blam blam blam. Here's some little structure. She showed us some structures that were weird. They're about like this tall, eight to ten inches, right? Maybe twelve. Not tall at all, you know. But they were very." spend some time on this so i was like ah this has got to be her right and we're out there and she drops us off at our campsite and she's like all right y'all are the first people to ever camp here overnight uh if y'all need anything call us and we'll come out here and get you and the bfro had been in this spot for seven years but nobody had ever stayed the night out there to, to our knowledge right So it gets dark. We walk around the trail, which is from where we're camping, probably a mile and a half of a trail, right? So we walk up to where these little structures were that were up on the top of this, uh, hill. We're sitting there and the, uh, the hickory nuts are falling. It's November. And when they bounce, they're bouncing, you know, they're supposed to bounce downhill. We're sitting on a nice little grade here. It's like this part of Florida is not flat. It looks like, you know, hills in Missouri or something. Uh, and the hickory nuts are bouncing up the hill. Like what's going on, you know? So I get the thermal out, shining, and... So we're sitting on this hill, and it goes down into this ravine and then comes back up to this, like, little ridge there. And I see this huge heat signature sit behind uh, a little tree about, like, that big around, right? I was like, "What? what is that? And now we're assuming that the stuff is being thrown from that thing, but it's one of these cheap – or not cheap. It wasn't cheap thermal at the time, but it was one of the ones that do, like – Electrical wires. You know, you're looking for like a leaky pipe or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, Can't really tell what it is, but it's a big object and it's behind this little bitty tree. So we get freaked out. We're like, oh, let's get the hell out of here. And so we go back the way of the trail, which takes about a mile and a half to get back. Uh, What I didn't realize at the time is that. Where that thing was, our camp was only, like, two hills over. So, like, all it had to do was walk up over that hill, back down the next ravine, back over the hill, and down, and then up again. Literally, like, as a crow flies, maybe a quarter mile, if that, right? Not far at all. And so we, uh, we get back at camp, and we start hearing something walking around the base of the hill. And the leaves are, like, it's November, the leaves have fell, they're all crunchy and stuff. And it sounds like something on two feet. And so I shine the light, I get, I get scared, and I shine the light on this tree where I heard the feet stop. It's a tree there. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to wait you out. I think it's an armadillo or something, and it's going to come out any second. And I hold that light there for what must have been 10 minutes. And then that thing does nothing, <laughs> right? So I turn the light off, walk back up the hill. As soon as I get to the top of the hill, walking starts again. It waited me out. And so we're hearing trees pop and stuff, but then everything stops. I guess it stopped. Or maybe it didn't stop. Me and my buddy get in a conversation sitting around a fire, and we're, we're, we don't know, you know, what's going on, I guess. Well, I'll tell you why I think that. We're, We're, we must have been lost in the conversation because we all of a sudden hear this like deep breathing, and then we turn, and there at the tree line is this thing standing there looking at us, right? The thing that bothers me about it, and I didn't look at it back then, I didn't look at the little nuances, little oddities because it was like it was there it was there how did it get there i didn't hear it i should have heard it i should have heard it walk up that hill i didn't hear it was just there right and so it stood there and looked at us hell i don't even know how long that was five ten seconds felt like forever Turned around and walked off and then so we had two tents, but we had just watched Brokeback Mountain like the day before, so we figured we'd just stay in one. There were some fun activities we could do. Uh, <laughs> no, but we we, we were like, <laughs> I can't quit you, baby. <laughs> I can't quit you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, oh shit! Oh, we we're terrified, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so we slept in the same tent and i told him i said hey i don't give a damn what you tell people i'm sleeping in the tent with you so we slept in the same tent and then somewhere around three or four o'clock in the morning i wake up to him screaming and the tent is like woof, woof, like comes down to my face and goes back up now this thing is outside the tent pressing it down he probably heard us snoring I don't snore, so I claim. I know Matt does. But it it went down and come up. And then this thing just takes off through the woods. Now, the, the problem with this is, like, because I've had people tell me, dude, that's probably somebody in a costume. If that was a costume, it had to be, like, exists quality costume. Like, that horror film exists. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen it's it. It's a great movie. That costume was great. Only other thing I've seen that looked as weird as this thing did. But there's the other part about it is I had a 44 mag Ruger Red Hawk on my hip. It's a nickel-plated gun. You could see it. Like, the reason I got it is that in case I ran out of ammunition, I could beat somebody with this. Yeah. I could defend myself with just the weapon, right? So why would you try to scare somebody like that? Yeah. It surely ain't the property owners because they're old people. Like, I mean, not that they're not that they're old people, but they're not in the shape to walk these woods. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's, it's hills. It's like really steep in, in spots. Um, and then he's like daylight breaks, you know? Uh, and he's like, Hey, let's go get in the truck, catch a, you know, some good rest for a bit. And I was like, no, I'm not going in that truck. Like I didn't want to wake up and this thing be looking at me through the window. I'd have probably died. I was scared. Like the, the problem with it was is that the size of these things, and I don't know how people, maybe it's because I'm cynical, I don't know how people are like, oh, they're the forest friends. They're not going to hurt me. This thing was so big. Whatever happened is only because he allowed it to happen. The reason I'm sitting here talking to you now is because it allowed me to leave that spot alive. There was nothing I could have done. I couldn't have shot this with that 44 Magnum and, and him being anything but pissed off. I had my face ripped off, dude. Like, yeah. That it, it's a helpless feeling. Like, it's cool to watch the gorillas when they're in the enclosure and you're up there behind mm-hmm. the glass. You know that's cool. Get in there with them. Yeah. Whatever they want to happen to you is what will happen. There's not shit you can do. And so I didn't want to go in the truck. I didn't want this thing to look at me. I was like, I'm just going to sit here in the tent, my gun in my lap. I ain't got to see this damn thing. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I call my dad, I tell my dad and my dad's like, bud, you've been looking for Bigfoot since you were six years old and you found it and you're going to leave. He's like, if you come home we'll punch you in the face. How about that? His exact words. He was joking, but well, I think he was. I'd like to say he was joking. <laughs> uh, anyways, he's like, get a picture. You got to get some evidence. Get a picture. Uh, he's all stoked about it. Like he was supposed to be there with me, but he had gotten bladder cancer and couldn't make. He had just had the surgery. He wasn't able to. He was still healing. Um. Uh, So we stayed another night. Matt's like, Hey, it didn't hurt us. We're okay. Let's stay another night. So we stay another night, walking around the woods, finding more structures, more just odd things, odd twists of trees, like bedding areas, you know, or something large laid down a few large things. And, But nothing else. Nothing else. Felt really calm walking in the woods. Felt confident, calm, wasn't scared, you know. And then night falls. And it all starts again. Really? Walking around at the bottom of the hill. The grunts, the breaking of the limbs, you know, all stuff is happening again. There's at one point I am screaming out into the woods, please leave us alone. I, I don't want to do this again tonight. Please stop. Go away from us. And I'm I'm yelling this. I'm I'm terrified. And then about midnight, possibly one of the coolest things could have happened. But at the moment, it was it went from bad to worse. So like this thing lets out this scream, and he ain't but down at the base of that hill, he lets out this scream, and you feel it right. Like you feel that scream and it's just like, Oh my God, dude. Like, I'm just like, Oh, it's the worst bad news you could get. Right. I don't think it could get any worse. Yeah. And then within like a minute, something answered it from like a mile away, maybe half a mile away. And it's the same exact scream, and it's from something else. And there's two of them, but like, hey, he just called in Leroy and the boys, because <laughs> like it's about to be a party, and I don't want to be a part of this. <clears throat> like, I didn't, we thought there was just one. You know what I mean? Yeah. We thought there was just one. Now we know there's two of them out here. Hell, how many are there? And But then it stopped. Nothing happened. I'm assuming he heard that scream, and he ran to them. But I thought old homeboy was calling them in, and we were going to be done for. Yeah. Um, and that was it. After that, hey, after that, I was in, I was done. I knew I quit my band. I switched my job to where I could go to twelve-hour shifts, so I'd have more nights out in the woods. I was under the impression <clears> that I was going to solve Bigfoot real soon, real soon, because I had a sweet spot. These things are super curious. I'm going to kill one of these things. And that's what I tried to do for you. And I'm a pretty good hunter. I'm decent. You know what I mean? Like, if, if I know there's an animal out there, I can go out there and kill it.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, We can track it down, get it on game camera. We figure out his path, his times when he's coming through, and then I'll pop him. And that's how to go. Like, I even met with the FWC, like the head of FWC, to make sure I could kill this thing
0: what's fwc and he told
1: me uh fish and wildlife commission oh okay yeah so their main office is just like in tallahassee like 30 minutes from me so i like wore a suit and shit i went and met with this guy in his office and i was like yo bud hey listen i know you don't believe in bigfoot i've seen one what's the rules on me killing it and he said there are none He said, you can kill them all you want to. He said, hey, you can go right now and get 50 of them if you want to, buddy. Uh, He goes, but I will tell you this. If it comes back as some type of human, which I have a reason to believe that they are, is what he told me, then you'll go to prison for manslaughter. He said, so make it look like an accident. Wow. Make it look like self-defense. So then we started trying to bait one into attacking us so we could morally build need to be okay with it when we went to bed. Um, and it just it ain't, ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. That's why do you think all these hunters, I'm not thinking they're lying. Like all these hunters are like, uh, I had it in my sights. So I just couldn't pull the trigger." Yeah. Why do you think that is, bud? Why do you think that is? Yeah. It, you know, uh, cause if it is just a normal animal, He'd be in a zoo because there's people that hunt far better than me. They do it for a living and are efficient at it. And they would have one of these in a zoo right now. He can't be that smart. Send in seal team six, bud. they'll get him. You know what I mean? Like there's people that could do this and they just haven't, they haven't Mm -hmm. done it. You mean to tell me all the hunters that saw these things, just none of them could pull the trigger. Maybe um, not. I don't know. I pulled the trigger if I seen it again. I had a I had an interview
0: probably a year ago. A gentleman from East Texas, um, twenty some years ago, he uh, sold guns for a living and was headed to a a, a gun show. And uh, he had, he had started off relatively early in the morning, and at some point he had to pull over to the side he pulled into a uh, uh a landing off the river um where you could put your boat in got out of his truck walked to the edge of the tree line and decided to relieve himself and something grabbed his leg from underneath the brush pulled him in and to his account drug him through the wooded area for what he thinks was probably pretty close to a hundred yards. This thing's back was to him. He was grabbing onto one leg, pulling him. He said, uh, they got to a spot where the creature let go of his leg and turned around to face him. And it was a black Black as could be, Bigfoot. Um, He had a holster on his right leg that housed a custom sawed-off shotgun. He pulled it. He reached up, and he put the barrels of the the double-barreled shotgun right between his navel and his penis, and he blew it right through him. He said it dropped to one knee reached up with his one arm and held onto a branch above its head to steady itself. Um, Did not kill it. Doesn't know if it died from the injuries. Um, At that point, while it was stunned, he said it's, he said it's face went from being um, angry and, and hateful, to almost a look of betrayal when he was shot um, the guy was able to scoop back with both of his legs to get some distance between the two and ran back out of the the woods got back to his vehicle pulled a uh, another weapon out from underneath the seat of his car fired a couple of shots in the general direction of where he thought he had run out of the woods got in the truck and took off Sounds like a, <clears throat> sounds like a crazy story. Where was this? Texas, East Texas. Yeah, East Texas. I could find you. Oh, uh, gotcha. I I could find you the name of the the river if I went back and and re-listened to the uh, um, the episode. He he told what town he was in and the and the river that he had stopped at. Um, but yeah, and and it was interesting because he was a he was a wow. he was a much older guy. And um, after we had done the interview, he was kind of hesitant at first. He decided to go by a different name. Um, And then after the episode aired, he had contacted me again and said that he had found his dad's um, journal. And in that journal, there were several encounters that his dad had had. Um, Throughout the years, he said he was actually on a tractor with his dad plowing a field uh, right alongside uh, um, the tree line on the outside edge of the the field. And one had come out and bum rushed the side of the tractor and tipped it up on on its wheels um, when he was a little boy riding the tractor with his dad. And he said it was, it was very, um, it was really compelling listening to him talk because, like, he made it very common. He's like, all the adults, they always told all you. Right. They always told you. You get your ass home before dark. You don't go play out in the woods. You know, if you feel like somebody's watching you, get your ass home. Um, it seemed to be for the area that he grew up in. It seemed to be very commonplace that there was there was no mystery about talking about the boogers because they were there, you know. So when you hear people talk right. about it from a from a, a fundamental standpoint of it being so commonplace, you know, how do you? How do you? It's a matter of fact, you know. Yeah. How do you disagree with that? How do you say, "Ah, "Yeah, you're full of shit"? Your mom and dad were full of shit. Your grandparents were full of shit. You know, I I just can't do it.
1: No, I mean, it's hard for me to call somebody a liar. You know, I mean, I may not believe them. I guess I don't know, but you can tell when it's at least true to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever it is, is true to them. And can't everybody be lying? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, can't everybody believe lying, but like around here in my, in my county I live in now, you know, back in the early 80s, this was a thing. And people talked about it. Yeah. You know, and then it just was like, because it's such a rural community that I'm from, uh, the, it was like backwoods. So it's like, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a lot of people here. All the people started moving in. And nobody listens to the old timers anymore. You know, the old timers would tell you stuff. It's just like we came in and knew everything, just like we did with the natives. Same thing. Yeah.
0: Tell me, did your dad know? Did your dad realize that what what you guys had got on film? Did he did he understand the significance of it at the time?
1: I don't know that he see it was in the moment. He just wanted to get the hell out of there, but he knew what it was and we're watching it. And I'm like, bro, hmm. are you serious right now? <laughs> you know, uh, the first time I watched it and then as people do, they start trying to talk themselves out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, they, they they and it's, an and it's like thing. oh you had somebody oh are you sure wasn't one of your friends you know what one of your friends and I'm like dad. So it was a Tuesday night at midnight and whatever that was was running through the woods butt naked with no flashlight. I don't have friends that good. <laughs> I can't ask somebody to do that to wait out here for because we were there for hours before this happened. You know, like somebody's just waiting, there's no cars in the parking lot. How the hell did they get here? I rode up here with you. It's Tuesday night or a mile into the woods, you know. Uh but I think once the numbers come back, it really didn't sink into him until Bobo tried to recreate it. You know, it's one thing to sit there and be like, Oh, it was eight foot tall, but you don't really get an appreciation for what eight foot tall is. Yeah. You know, And then when you're around somebody Bobo's size, Bobo's – my dad was five nine. Uh You know, Bobo's size, 6'6", six, 6'4", six, six, whatever he is, he's a big old boy. And then to see him try and do it and then to see how much bigger that creature was because to nobody else but me and my dad knows for sure if that footage is real, right? Because you weren't there. You can believe in it, but you right. weren't there. You'll never actually – be 100%. We were. And so when he seen Bobo go across and they show both the images side by side, he knew then. He knew. He was like, wow. He's like, but he proved it to himself, and he was done. Yeah, the he may have went back out with us maybe five or six times after that. He didn't want to do nothing with it anymore. He didn't want nothing to do with it. He was yeah. like, nah, they're real. Okay, cool. I'm on to the next thing. You go have fun with that. <laughs> that ain't, because he's an Army Ranger, right? And he knew he was at a disadvantage in the woods. Yeah. And the Army Ranger might ain't going to be like, hey, that's a uh, that's a forest giant. That's a forest friend. You know, he's, it's a sweet, loving Bigfoot. Nah, the, for some reason, the army ranger mind went to, uh, yeah, we got to get like better guns for this. I can't win this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can't win this. I'm done. So have fun. Be careful.
0: It's, you know, I'm, I'm five, nine and a half. Probably was five ten at one point in my life. I think I shrank a little bit. Uh my son is just a hair under six five. And he's he's three hundred. That's a big boy. All right. And when I stand next to him yeah. and I now hug- imagine and I hug him, <laughs> you know, and my head is is in the middle of his chest and you start talking about something that's eight foot tall, nine foot tall, um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh um a researcher out of New mexico. I've had him on my show a couple of times um, k x up k x exploration um, is is one of his uh his projects um, he talks about an individual in his research area that is nearly ten feet tall. He's got That's, he's got prints of. I, I, you know, I talk
1: to people that see like twelve foot ones,
0: you know, 20, 21 to twenty three inch prints that he's seeing on a regular basis. You know, there's there's a, you know, like when you talk about Shaquille O'Neal. You know he's he's seven two or whatever seven one seven two seven three. Um, once you get to that point of height, uh, uh, an inch or two, I don't think makes a whole lot of difference. But when you look at at the the relative size of of him in proportion, you know he is a massive massive individual to somebody who's five six five seven. In in when you when you start talking about something that is a full foot or two feet taller than him, and then you, you start, you know, anticipating the the breadth of its shoulders and how big its chest is. I mean, it's, it's just almost, unless you see it, I think it's, it, it's unfathomable to, to put yourself in a position of how would you react if you saw something like that? I, I just, I mean, it'd have to be, utterly life-changing you know and absolutely
1: terrifying yeah it's it is it's a yeah it's like a paradigm shift you know it's like you your whole world has changed and and a lot of people go into the i'm not gonna tell nobody i'm not gonna talk about it you know it didn't happen kind of thing yeah I'm just never gonna speak about this again uh but I went the opposite route. I went into an obsession with trying to to discover this and it's been a daunting task it's uh it's been fun because I've taken so many reports you know, and just in my home state is. Nobody ever thought about really Bigfoot in Florida at least when I was growing up it was always a Washington California kind yeah. of thing yeah and I, I got some of the best places to Bigfoot right here in my state uh, you know uh, but it, it, it really when that when that when that reality changes for you, what else can be out here you yeah. know what i mean it opens up the world a better place i think you know
0: robert robert Kreider is the the name of the gentleman that i was just talking about
1: oh yeah robert Kreider. yeah yeah
0: and uh you know to to be able to witness him do a uh a conference where he stands up and you know he has a, a full allotment of time to talk about all the things you know when <laughs> here's the thing you know it's like When somebody like yourself or Ron Moorhead or, um, you know, Robert Kreider or, you know, any of these people, um, even even the ones that we may not agree 100 percent with, you know, Cliff Berkman, Jeff Meldrum, all these all these people, when you spend the the number of years of your life in pursuit of this thing in uh, in the hope of discovery, in the hope of research and, you know, yeah. there would have to be at some point in your life there would have to be a moment where you were like eh, I think I'm I think I fucked up I don't think this is real anymore you know and and that doesn't happen you have people who are investing vast amounts of time out of their life in the pursuit of research and and trying to find these things and and at some point common sense and logic would dictate that there's going to be something you come across that's going to make it seem nah no this i was wrong it's not real and it doesn't happen these people continue to they continue to do it and i think that's a testament to the fact that there is something out there that we just haven't been able to catch up with
1: Yeah, it's that, or we all uh, need to be fit for a straight jacket. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. Yeah,
0: Stacy, I wanna, th- I wanna thank you, man. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. So glad we were able to get this together, and uh, um, man, I'd love to have you on again at another time and continue the conversation. I'm sure you got things going on. It's Saturday night. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this for me
1: yeah hey no problem but i appreciate you having me on uh you know i i love talking about this stuff anyway so it's cool to have somebody who's and that's the thing i notice a lot more about these podcasts like uh, people are now trending in the opposite direction from the the norm Mm -hmm. you know what i mean from the ape camp People are opening up. There's a there's a mass awakening, I think, going on across a lot of different fronts and Across a lot people, of different fronts. People for some fronts. reason are now more open to this Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's important. That's that's part of this. You know. So but hey, I, I appreciate you having me on, dude. Uh it's a good time.
0: All right, sir. Thank you.
1: All right, no problem, bud.
0: Well, that's it for tonight's show. I hope you've enjoyed hearing from Mr. Stacy Brown. I encourage all of you, if this is a topic that interests you, make sure you go and check out some of this gentleman's content that he's putting out. You can find a lot of it available on Amazon, YouTube, and other streaming services. Again, please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. And if you have a story or experience that you would like to have aired on this show, please get a hold of me at at gmail.com. Please make sure to share the show in any way you can. Share it with your friends, family, coworkers. Hell, I don't care. Share it with people you don't even like. That's the main thing that you as a listener can do to help continue to grow the show and get it out in front of more people. Thanks for joining me. I will see you next week, and as always, stay uncomfortable, my friends.